the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Show dedicated to getting your retirement. Focusing a little bit on investing, a little bit on the economy, a little bit on insurance, a little on financial finance, financial planning, what to do in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. Um, then it's my strongest wish and urge for you to consider to hire a CFP as it gets a lot more complicated. I look at the first half of your life being wealth accumulation, the second half being wealth preservation. A um, lot going on in the stock market. We are ending the year with a ho-ho-ho rally, basically brought to you by Santa Jerome Powell, uh, when he basically said last week that I expect three rate cuts next year from the Federal Reserve. You're like, what? We went, what did you say? Uh, we were expecting him to say maybe a, we're no longer going to be leaning towards raising rates. We're going to be more neutral. Um but he added in the potential three rate cuts in large part. They're coming sooner than later. And you don't go from yeah, step three to step two to step one. You kind of have to warn about step one. So he went from step three, raising, to step two, neutral, and warning. Very different than what other feds have done. Now, the stock market is saying we're flowing money into bonds because we believe it's going to be up to five to six cuts next year. That should be a catalyst for a higher market. Maybe we're seeing that higher market right now in the month of December. Maybe we won't see it next year. Maybe the higher market's happening now. Today, we have mixed markets. The Russell and the Dow are down just to scotch. The S&P 500 is flat. The NASDAQ is up just a little bit, but we're still so early. And we haven't seen money come in. We haven't seen a panic sell. It's a lot going on. Um, we're all going to be debating what are the best stocks to buy for next year. Uh, I like NVIDIA, and I like Facebook, and I like Google based on market valuations as far as the big seven go, or the magnificent seven as they're called. Then after that, I think it's a stock picker's market. Uh, oh, and I'll even throw an Amazon because I think they had a really nice quarter uh, in the Magnificent Seven. I don't know Tesla well enough to really advise yes or no. I can tell you that they've had a lot of discounting, and I tend to not to like that. But we can talk about that in the future. Let's talk about what we're seeing out on Wall Street today and some of the big stories. Um, first and foremost, I think there's some all eyes on the Red Sea. To protect cruise and cargo, four out of the five of the world's largest shipping companies, including Maersk and Hapag Lloyd, have adjusted routes or pulled their container ships from the Red Sea, a critical trade corridor that leads to the Suez Canal. The reason Houthi militants have attacked at least 10 ships in the region with two new accidents on Monday. Not accidents, incidents. No injuries reported. The Houthis say the attacks are in protest of the Israel-Hamas war, and the Suez is just 130 miles from Gaza. 
roughly 12% of global trade passes through Suez Canal, or roughly $10 billion worth of goods, food, and oil every day. This is something we're keeping an eye on. We've learned as a group that during the pandemic, um, shipping routes are very, very important. And when they get stressed, they become very problematic. If you're going to buy an electric vehicle, there may be no better time than to buy one for Christmas. That's because between now and December 31, buyers get an EV tax credit of up to $7,500 on vehicles that have the widest selection. Starting January 1, rules change in 2024. Customer gets an immediate tax credit when they buy the vehicle without having to file tax paperwork. Essentially, it's a discount, but there's a catch. It's smaller than expected because the new rules on battery components minerals next year could limit the selection. Um, made in America is going to be very, very important, and not all the parts of EV models are made in America. Elsewhere out there, um, up 2022 versus 2023. In 2022, we saw the S&P 500 fall into bear market. It ended the year 18% lower. In 2023, we saw stocks kick off a new bull market. They're going to close up over 20% on the S&P 500. Big difference, right? In 2022, we saw negative economic growth in two of the four quarters for GDP. In 2023, we saw positive economic growth in every quarter reported so far. Quarter three came in at 5.2%, very red hot. In 2022, we saw interest rates climb from one quarter percent to four and a half percent. In 2023, it slowed down from 4.5% to 5.5%. Now, again, 0.25 to 4.245, that's a lot of exponential work. Going from 1 to 2 is a double. 1 to 3, you know, you get the idea, right? 2 to 3 is 50%. Now we're at increasing rates of 20% from 45 to 5.5 in 2023. So... We're expecting the lag effect of the higher interest rates to be a little bit less brutal, and it hasn't been brutal at all. In 2022, the labor market, there was a fear that rate hikes may trip the labor market over. In 2023, a very high level, we're looking at the labor market has remained healthy, adding in average over 230,000 jobs per month. 2023 has been really a fundamentally improving story. In 2022, inflation came in at an average of a high 8% per month. It peaked at 9.1% in June. That saps the consumer's spending. It is horrible for the middle class and lower class. In 2023, inflation came in at an average 4.2% per month and plateaued at a 3.1% in November. Good. Good. 2023, fundamentally, you can make a case that we are improving. And with future Fed cuts, if the job market remains strong, we should have a catalyst for the stock market and the economy to improve. In 2023, U.S. spending on movies and live performances grew 31% year over year through September 2023. That can be attributed to the popularity of Taylor Swift and Beyonce tours, as well as the Barbenheimer phenomenon. So we went to live performances and movies. Ad spending on streaming TV is expected to keep climbing in the coming years. Ad spending on the top six platforms, which include Max, Discovery Plus, Hulu, totaled $1.07 this year. But that's down 8% year over year. About 47% of the ad spending 
came from restaurants, medical and pharmaceutical, finance and retail verticals. Pharma companies like AbbVie and GlaxoSmithKline, quick service restaurants like McDonald's, Taco Bell, and Subway increased their ad spend the most. Elsewhere out there, as far as stories of note, nearly a third of Generation Z say technology is making them lonelier and it's making them spend more money. That is a problem that video games don't have. A lot of people talk to their kids like, get off that video game, it's bad for you. It's the social media that's truly bad for teenage children. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. 2023 was a dismal year for pot stocks. Cannabis stocks have had a miserable 2023. If you track the sector's 100 largest companies, it's slumped to 14%. In comparison, the S&P 500's up 23% in that time. Marijuana is not an easy way to invest. It's a great story. Not necessarily a great investment. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Bill Gates was kind of the Elon Musk of the 1990s. He was a controversial figure. A lot of people didn't like him. They saw him as evil, but also rich. Kind of like the way we think of Elon Musk. Now, a lot of people give Elon Musk a lot of credit for being a genius at certain things, even though he didn't start Tesla. That wasn't his idea. He just moved in and took over. Um, not his idea. Throwing that down for just to be a little bit more honest. X has been an unmitigated disaster for him or Twitter. As far as valuations, can you imagine losing billions of dollars because you want to have the loudest microphone in the world? Give him credit. That's where he's genius. He doesn't need PR. He's got PR um, himself. And sometimes good, sometimes bad. It's pulled away a lot of advertisers because of the badness of it. Bill Gates thinks uh, AI will radically transform jobs, healthcare, and education. These are some of his predictions for the years ahead. He praised the revolutionary nature of AI and its potential impact on the world. It's interesting. Have you done ChatGPT 3.5 or have you paid for the 4.0 license? I have. And initially early on, it is a great tool, but I'm going to it less and less. I don't know if I represent the most or the few. The Microsoft co-founder published a six-page blog post this week outlining his predictions for the future impact of AI on healthcare, education, and the workforce. I like Gates. He's one of those people where, again, he's my Elon Musk, where I almost made up for his bad behavior of how he was anti-competitive and monopolistic with the way he licensed Microsoft and the operating system as well as the office uh, software. In theory, he was there when Microsoft started, unlike Musk and Tesla. He, a, one of the things that he did totally correctly uh, was IBM didn't want to make the semiconductor and they didn't want to make the software for the computers. They wanted to service them. IBM made a big mistake. In the long run, IBM was probably more right than wrong. They let the Intel do the heavy lifting on chip development and they let Microsoft do the development on operating systems and Intel and Microsoft would have been nothing. IBM had the whole ball. Um, now that we're moving into more servicing of cloud computing, IBM's in the right area, believe it or not. 
but do they have the right company and, and makeup and culture? I don't know. I haven't looked at IBM in 20 plus years. Innovation is the reason our lives have improved so much over the last century. So says Bill Gates. He thinks AI is going to supercharge the innovation pipeline from electricity and cars to medicine and planes. Innovation has made the world better. Gates suggested that high-income countries such as the U.S. are 18 to 24 months away from significant adoption of AI. Think of it this way. If you can afford countries that can afford to pay for enterprise licenses are in a better position to improve their economies more so than African countries um, that will be have more of a, a general lag. He thinks it's going to be three to five years on the poorer countries of the world versus one to two, 18 to 24 months on the richer. Gates said in his blog post that 2023 marked the first time he had used AI at work for serious reasons. He thinks the world has a better sense of what jobs AI will be able to do for itself and which ones it'll serve as a co-pilot for, which I like that he used Microsoft's internal use of the word co-pilot for products that they're embedding AI into tells me that he still has a foot in the uh, business model of Microsoft. Tech is a co-pilot can at work help employees get ahead. Several companies have developed internal AI tools to boost employees while others encourage workers to use publicly available technology. Gates acknowledged he didn't have it all figured out when it came to AI in the workspace. I like that. I like when you have a genius tag on you, like Bill Gates and Elon Musk do, and they sometimes will say, I don't know. Gates laid out several medical questions that scientists around the world are trying to use AI to answer. He believes that most of it wouldn't emerge in the next year, and some of it may not leave the lab at all. He likes that it's setting the stage for massive technology booms. A few of the projects Gates name-checked were attempting to use AI to combat antibiotic resistance, treat high-risk pregnancies, help people assess the risk for HIV. He, of course, is tied towards the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which he runs with his ex-wife, has donated billions of dollars to medical research worldwide. The foundation's work is particularly focused on research and developing delivering vaccines to the world's poorest countries. Gates is someone I, I respect, and it's interesting that Elon Musk kind of has this bro culture thing where a lot of people agree with him on some of the radical things that he says and agree with him on some of the technology aspects. I feel that Elon Musk says a lot of things that benefit him and his own personal beliefs and his business beliefs. Um, when ChatGPT was all the rage, Elon Musk is like, oh, AI could destroy the world. I think that benefits him who has come out with an AI model since then. Gates called the AI education tools being piloted today as mind-blowing. He described tools like ConMingo and Math AI as remarkable and predicted that they would only improve in the years ahead. Gates said he was excited about the possibility of localizing the technology to students around the world pointing to AI tutors who have been designed with specific cultural contexts in mind. Again, not the end-all, be-all of information. He admitted that some areas he's not strong at. I really, really think he's top of his game as far as a thinker goes. Now, as far as you go, having a solid retirement plan is important. A good plan isn't just about the size of your nest egg. 
It's also about how you manage these three things, taxes, investment strategy, and income planning. So if you're trying to do your own financial plan and you don't know taxes, investment strategy, and income planning, you might be hurting yourself. 49% of, 40% of people are willing to wing it. I would not. The downside of poor or no planning is that your retirement will likely fall short financially of what it might have been. If you're in the half million to two million uh, range of retirement assets, I highly recommend working with a CFP because you don't really have enough wiggle room to make up for a fall in your taxes, investment strategy, investment planning. Some people fail to plan properly for retirement because they have confidence in their retirement savings and ignore other elements of a retirement plan. Pre-retirees need to focus on how they can make their money last. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Need a referral of a financial planner? Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. What an interesting end of the year. I'm at briefing.com right now, and I'm reading their stock market update. Disappointing 2024 revenue guidance from FedEx contributing to the slowdown worries. We're kind of dealing with a kind of a teeter-totter here of, yes, the Fed Reserve did raise interest rates in 2022 and 2023, have not cut rates yet, but the expectation is now 2024. Uh, but that raising of rates is slowing down retail. We've heard it from many retailers as they reported their last quarter's numbers. There's geopolitical angst in the Middle East and China. There's a little normal consolidation after a big run-up on the stock market, and there's relative strength in many mega-cap stocks because America loves mega-cap stocks. Let's bring in the one, the only, from briefing.com, Patrick O'Hare. I start my day each and every day with briefing.com. I always look forward to seeing your page one update. Patrick O'Hare, happy end of the year, happy big market rally, and let's have a good 2024. How are you today? Yeah, hi, Rob. I'm doing fine. Thanks. It's great to be back with you, and uh, we appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. I appreciate briefing.com. It's something I I get to the highest towers that I can and say, this is solid content. And it, I think it empowers and enables investors to have more informed inv- decisions, both locally, nationally, and uh, internationally as well. Lots going on there. Um, market's a little lower today after a massive run in the fourth quarter of the year. Uh, what are your thoughts on... The, the run that we've had, and is it sustainable to fall over into 2024? Sure, yeah. Well, actually, as we as we speak, it's, the market's just tipped back into positive territory for the day. So it's been indicative of the trend, uh, you know, that's been unfolding here since late October. Just a truly, truly extraordinary rally here, which exposed the degree of, you know, sh- short, uh, selling activity we, uh, that had been in place, uh, the underweighted positioning that had been in place, um, and uh, and really just the you know kind of like the uh, the extreme cash balances that were sitting out there. And, and what I mean is, you've seen this this massive rally built on the back of short covering activity, uh, a repositioning from underweight positions to equal to overweight positions and equities. And kind of a you know a what we call a flat squeeze, meaning you have fearful investors out on the sidelines sitting in cash now watching the market go up and getting squeezed back into it on the fear of missing out on further gains. So there's been a lot of um, 
mechanical factors here, uh, a lot of technical drivers, but also a fundamental driver, too, uh, in the fact that interest rates have come down and come down quickly uh, and have come down a long way since what we saw in October. And that's just created this very good vibe, so to speak, that has a lot of people wanting to get back into the equity market here at, at the end of the year. Um, to the second part of your question, can this continue? Um, well, not at this pace, obviously. Um, you look at a stock chart and you can see the parabolic moves that the indices have made. So it's natural to, that there would be some consolidation off of that. But can the uh, newfound upbeat attitude persist? We think so, uh, as long as you see continued strength in the labor market and as long as you can see continued belief in this soft landing, soft landing outlook and as long as uh, the Fed uh, delivers on the market's rate cut expectations. So those are some important caveats. Uh, but at the moment, because the preponderance of those things are all still apparent in the market's mind, uh, you have this willingness to buy dips here even in the year end and a willingness to think that uh, the market should have another good year in 2024. I think the 10-year Treasury being down at 3.88%, as you highlight in your page one column, I think that too is a big driver because for about a month there, I was feeling kind of rich, putting my cash in money markets and getting five and a quarter percent. But I have to imagine those rates are coming down now. Um, I think that's a little bit of it. But you know, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, undoubtedly, you know, it's yeah. been the recipe for multiple expansion here uh, in okay. this rally effort, too. Um, you know, lower rates are, are ultimately good for stock prices, uh, assuming they're going down for the right reasons. And the perspective right now is they are going down for the right reasons, that being uh, inflation is coming back to the Fed's target um, and and the fact that the market thinks that you know, we're going to be pivoting away from this uh, tightening cycle to an easing cycle in 2024. I got a little dramatic this morning because I read in your page one something that shocked me and I let out a big oh no. Um, you talked about the military strikes against the Houthi rebels in Yemen as potentially uh political problems with this market to deal with. You were basing that on a Bloomberg report. You also reported that NBC News, uh, Chinese President Xi and President Biden at the San Francisco meeting last month, uh, that Xi told uh, Biden that China will reunify Taiwan with China, preferably peacefully, but that the timing of the reunification hasn't been determined. And I was like, oh, no, because things are going so well on Wall Street. It's so easy for him to see. And then there's that political curveball of wait wait who are the hoodies and yeah it, it's it was a little bit dramatic for me because i don't want to see china and taiwan how shall we say become a ukraine and russia what are your thoughts on the international headlines that you pointed out this morning right well you know the i think the red sea issue is a little bit it's certainly more of a you know, shorter term issue in that it's right here front and center here. Um, you know, you're seeing shipping companies announce that they're rerouting uh, and not, you know, running the risk of being attacked by Houthi militants, you know, traversing the Red Sea. Um, and what that ultimately does is like it interrupts or supply chains uh, and it's you know going to make the cost of shipping goods, you know, ultimately more expensive. And so, um, so you want something like that to get resolved quickly, you know, because, again, it's, it, as we talk about inflation coming down, we're not down to the Fed's target yet. 
Uh, the Fed is still mindful that, you know, things can change to, you know, uh, and that progress can stall. And if the Fed thinks that the progress on inflation is stalling, they have said that they, you know, would be willing to raise rates again, which is obviously very much against the market's belief in terms of where the rate path is headed. Um, so, so that's an issue right here that we need to, you know, still deal with. If, I think it will likely be dealt with um, now that uh, the U.S. Uh, and its allies seem to be, you know, coalescing around the fact that you just can't let that happen um, in the Red Sea. Um, as, with respect to the China-Taiwan issue, I guess I could say that. Um, it's always been an issue. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, the report, which I didn't have a, the opportunity to really uh, expound on in that particular column, just given the nature of the column, you know, as you read it, it's just, it, it does show that uh, President Xi was effectively just reiterating the position he's always maintained in front of President Biden, um, is that China does seek the reunification with Taiwan and it wants to do so peaceably. So uh, that's certainly a strategic aim of theirs. And that, that is ultimately a huge question out there from a geopolitical standpoint is uh, how and when does that get achieved? Um, and, uh, you know, and right now that the answer is unknowable, but uh, President Xi certainly made it known that, uh, you know, that's their aim. Um, so just you know, obviously keeps that ripple of geopolitical uncertainty flowing. Uh, but that's always the case, whether it's China, Taiwan, something in the Middle East. You just never know. Um, it's always a risk factor for the market. But, you know, we have a market today that's, you know, on the cusp of, you know, uh, pressing a new record closing high for the S&P 500, a Dow Jones Industrial Average at a record high. Um, you know, so uh, you don't have a market necessarily living in fear of these things at the moment. Um, because it's so preoccupied with this um, interest rate picture. We've got just a couple minutes left, Mr. O'Hare. I want to say happy holidays to you and your family. Thank you for another great year. I look forward to any content that you give us next year. It helps feed my financial mind. Um, any last thoughts that you want to throw into the year? You've got about a minute and a half to two minutes. Well, I'd like to extend the same. Well, first of all, thank you, Rob, for that. Been a pleasure speaking with you on, on a nearly weekly basis here, uh, not only this year, but for gosh, you know, many, many years. Right. Um, and wish you know your listeners the best of holidays as well. And you know, I think as we look to 2024, um, there's a lot of optimism going into it based on kind of the price action in the stock market. Um, you can see a stock market divorce itself at times from the economy. The stock market is not the economy, right? And so we do have to be mindful that you know his, history does tell us that the lag effect of a tightening cycle uh, does hit, you know, the economy. Uh, and it's the matter now is like how much and, and, you know, how impactful will it be? You know, we anticipate a slower economic environment in 2024, uh, and we're kind of espousing a view to take kind of more of a balanced approach to the market in 2024 with kind of a reversion to that traditional 60-40 portfolio, so to speak, uh, where you've got a nice mix of stocks and bonds so that you can uh, capitalize on good opportunities that come your way, but also be prepared for the more difficult times that might arise for any number of factors, um, whether they be disappointment over the Fed not meeting the market's expectations or the geopolitical factor uh, or an earnings you know, pullback of some kind. So just take a balanced approach, uh, and hopefully we'll uh, have another good year in 2024. 
Thank you very much. It is Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, a reliable source of domestic and international news. News. I use the website. I've used it for 20 plus years. He's snickered how long we've worked together. It's been a wonderful relationship. I highly recommend Briefing.com. Um, live market coverage, they cover IPOs, they cover economic calendars, and much, much more. Technicals, which I'm not very good at even after all of these years. I don't know if anyone's great technically, is my fear. But they've got big pictures, which is his uh, column that he puts out together at the end of the week to give you some perspective. They talk about the whole market and how it's doing. Lots of content at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. And a wonderful guest, Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. I'm Rob Black. This interview featured on the Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com. What a year it's been. We've had big up years. We've had exciting moves in AI, exciting developments in drugs on Alzheimer's, as well as weight loss, as well as cutting prescription medical um, costs with the Biden administration targeting 10 plus drugs to say we need these lower. Ultimately, I think that's going to be a positive. Uh, it may not have been as sexy of a story as it could have been, but the 10 drugs subject to price negotiation included uh, Farjiga, which treats type 2 diabetes, Enbro, which is used for rheumatoid arthritis, Entresto, which is tied towards heart failure. Imbruvica by Avi, which treats different types of blood cancers. Stellara by Janssen, which is used for Crohn's disease. Novo Nordisk Theops, which is tied towards um, uh, multiple uh, variations of, of, of insulin and blood clotting and lower blood sugar with Jardinets. These are all good things for society. And President Biden has helped by getting that pushed through. Um, 2024 is going to be an election year. Will people remember the positives of the Biden administration or will they just remember the negatives and the failures? Um, I don't know. I'm not politically charged in any way, shape, or form. I would say that I cringe because I don't do well with politics and understanding of, you know, this is not the platform for that. Weight loss drugs soared in popularity this year. Uh, Wagovi and Ozempic from Novo Nordisk, Moderno from Eli Lilly. I think they're going to have an even bigger 2024. You're starting to see that if you use weight loss drugs, it can help your sex life. And if it helps your sex life, you're fighting less with your spouse. And it's cutting down cravings on things like junk food, which will kill you probably two to three years earlier than you know your God or God put you on this planet to live. Um, or if you don't believe in God, then your lifestyle. I don't know how to put it in any other way. But we're learning that cuts down on cravings for opioids. We're learning that these drugs cut down on cravings for marijuana, cravings for addictions. It could be a very big year as we start figuring out more ways of using these drugs. Um, Eli Lilly and Novo Nordos are the two obvious winners. Everyone else seems to be playing catch-up. And not like Heinz 57, if you know what I'm saying. Snoop Dogg's new smoke-free high. Uh, I hate when people are played. He comes out on social media and says, I'm going to stop smoking weed. And that's a horrible impression of Snoop Dogg. But I don't know what he sounds like. I, I, I know the drinking gin and juice. That's about all I know, Snoop Dogg. I once got invited to a Snoop Dogg concert. And I probably should have said yes. But I was like, I'm going to get a contact high if I go. 
And I don't know any of his songs other than Gin and Juice. But the rapper and entrepreneur is launching a new line of THC and CBD beverages. The Do It Fluid drinks include Blood Orange, Blue Raz, Cherry Limeade, Peaches and Home, Honeys. Peaches and Honeys, that's funny. Uh, each available in CBD only versions, $4.99 per can. $4.99 per can. Versions of CBD and hemp, $5.99 per can. I don't really care what you think. That's expensive. Um, now, again, how high do you get from it? Is it comparable to a... I, I don't know. Is it just for relaxation? <sighs> so... What I'm teaching there is sometimes it's best to say, I don't know. Pour some eggnog out for me. I hate the stuff, but I'll slog through it. The American Christmas Tree Association told us today that 77% of Americans who display a tree this year will choose an artificial one that coincides with the boom for artificial trees. In 2023, the U.S. will import nearly 450 million fake trees, most of them made in China. Up from 190 million a decade ago, consumers tend to prefer their constant appearance that is consistent and cost savings over time. There are fewer and fewer real Christmas trees to go around ever since the 2008 financial crisis when many farmers pivoted to planting crops that don't take seven years to grow. I get it. Christmas trees take seven years to grow and it kicks off a lot of oxygen. And a farmer is like, I can put condos on this this land. I get it. Um, other stories of note. I don't know what to make of this one. Travis Kelsey is the champion of game day advertising. Uh, beating out Patrick Mahomes and Jake from State Farm. <laughs> Jake from State Farm took it in third place with 247 ad appearances during NFL games. That's crazy. His real name is Kevin Miles. Patrick Mahomes was in, you know, uh, 340 commercials, roughly. How would you get into that many commercials? This excludes those voiceovers, athletes um, who pop up in ads for NFL TV itself. It excludes uh, promos for movies and streaming services and TV networks. Meta glasses are out. I don't know. Ray-Ban Meta Smart Glasses. I don't know. You can see them in like videos of K-pop songs where they put the camera in the dancer's eyes, so to speak. Um, it just seems like it's a step in the right direction for the meta and the meta universe, but the metaverse is, is coming down. Not a fewer and fewer people are buying into uh, the metaverse at this point in time. The $300 tech looks almost identical to a normal pair of Ray-Bans, aside from the small camera in the upper corners of the frames that flash when taking high-quality photo or pulse when recording. So you can't put them on and you know, record your girlfriend doing naughty things or put them on and record a crime at a bank or something. I don't know. Meta's banking on them to do a lot more in the future. It feels too early. Remember Google Glass? Uh, Snap had a pair of glasses. To me, it just feels like Mark Zuckerberg's throwing money down the old rat hole. Google may owe you money. The tech giant agreed to pay $630 million to users in all 50 states as part of a settlement with state attorneys over the high fees it charges app developers. 
If you need a referral to a financial planner, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. If you want to talk, we can set up a Zoom call and I can tell you what a financial planner can do for you based on what a financial planner has done for me. Um, I'm great at wealth accumulation. Financial planning is taking it to the next level. Consider it. Um, I want you to do well in retirement. I think that's the best way for you. If you're wealthy, for sure, hold on to that wealth. Find me online at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 